This is Leafs Late. Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Viener, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Hey, welcome back, welcome back. It is I, Roscoe, with Beaner and Southey for another episode of Leafs Late Night. Yay! It's been a while. Miss you guys. Way too long. Miss you too, buddy. Now, I'm not sure where it's coming from, and I can totally try to edit this out, but I think I'm getting an echo from somebody. Hmm, not hearing it on my end. I don't hear anything either. Check. Maybe it's me echoing myself. It's not good. It might actually it, it might actually just be coming through my headphones and back through. Okay. So last week we talked a lot about uh, a whole bunch of things. So this time we're going to start focused on just some Leafs news because at the end of the day, this is a Leafs podcast and we got to catch up on all that. So the newest reports are uh, we are probably losing Jack Campbell and probably moving on from Peter Morazic. So that is a massive, massive gap. And I just want to know who in a realistically perfect world would you like to see in net for the Leafs next year? And we'll start with Sadie. Jack Campbell? <laughs> Can we just please keep him? I mean, $5 million doesn't seem excessively expensive for what he can provide. Granted, he's never really had a full season without injury and proving himself, but from what he has done when healthy, I think he's probably the answer we're looking for. It's a good point. Like if you're at the the if you're literally at no goalies besides Eric Schalgren, does it not make sense to at least sign Jack and move on from the three point eight million of Morazic? Like I don't really understand letting him walk and starting from scratch. But Beaner, what do you think? Well, there's so many different ways you can go with it, right? Like, I I don't know if it's my heart saying it, but I, I wouldn't mind coming back with Jack as well. Um, but it seems like there's too, too much to do and not enough news coming out, right? Like, you hear the rumblings of Mrazek going and that there was teams interested at the deadline and... Dubas told him, nope, not till the summer. You hear the talk of Jack. And then if you look at the free agents, like, do they take a stab at Holpe? Not not saying I want him, but he's got that pedigree. Maybe you can hope one of the kids come up. Like Darty's been saying, do you try to pry Huso out of St. Louis? Because he's going to want a little bit of a raise. Maybe not quite as much as what Jack's asking for. St. Louis probably can't really afford to keep it. Or do they know something about one of their prospects we don't know of? Like Aktiamov. Um, you know, he's projected to be a long-term high-end goalie. Is he our Shesterkin or Sorokin? Um, another one I always like is Kakinen, Capo Kakinen, and I believe that San Jose hasn't extended him yet. Now, I just want to hear your opinions on the ones that I've heard rumored 
because I really, really don't like this. The two names that I've heard floating around are Miko Koskinen and Matt Murray. Koskinen's pretty much already come out and said he's going back over to the, I believe it's the KHL. Oh, interesting. I missed that one. So much news. It's yeah, so. Of everything. Oh, and it's it's coming from like left, right, and center from all over the place. Um, so I, I don't really see that as being a, a realistic option, especially with what he's done or hasn't done, however you want to word it. Um, an interesting one that I, I don't even know where this idea popped into my head. Um, there's all the rumors of potentially moving Muzzin's contract. What about something like Muzzin for Peterson? Move Jake back that. to LA, get Cal Peterson back. He's That's interesting. LA's been a little disappointed with him because he was supposed to be the guy and then quick stole the net back this year. Yet again, that would leave them with a big hole, but just I haven't heard that from anybody. I haven't read that anywhere. That's just me kind of going, hey, you know, that could potentially work. It's basically cap in and cap out. And Campbell 2.0 because we'd be getting him from LA again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The whole thing kind of flabbergasts me, though, because this is a team who's really, really up against it. Like, we have to advance the next round, and it seems like they're really trying to roll the dice on the goaltending position. And I'm not quite sure I agree with that approach. Like, bring Campbell back. You know what he's going to do. Like, Beaner mentioned Holtby. I think he'd be a fantastic backup. Someone who's really yeah. experienced like that, but leaving up to one of the kids or you know like Matt Murray what he just did in Ottawa granted it's tough to gauge anyone's performance in Ottawa that it just leaves so many question marks for a team who's really really supposed to push through this that's year. a fair point about him playing in Ottawa because I mean Matt Murray wasn't awful in Pittsburgh in fact the only reason that they moved on was they had the decision between him and uh not to Smith Jari uh, Jari Jari he's got two rings like yeah, I mean, except for the but fact at that at the his, same time, he. I was just gonna say, except go for the fact that his time in Ottawa has made him look like he's been living in a crack house. Yeah, man. But he has been living in a crack house. <laughs> Ottawa has been a disaster. Like they've been a, a tire fire. So it's really, really hard to gauge what he's been doing, and obviously his confidence has been affected by the team that's playing in front of him. But you're gonna bring him into Toronto, the biggest hockey market there is. When, like, immense pressure is on this team to perform next year. I don't know. It just seems a little bit risky to me. Yeah, it, it seems... Sorry, Johnny. It's It seems too quiet, right? Like, unless there's secretly a wink-wink, nudge-nudge deal with Campbell already agreed to under the table, and they're just trying to not let anybody know so that GMs don't think Dubas is handcuffed so we can move someone out or something like that, right? It's a good point. I mean, Dubas has played everything close too. to the chest, so... If he wants to uh, get the best deal possible with Jack, he's not going to uh, let it out there that he wants to, or else everyone else is going to try to drive the price up on him just because it's Toronto. I mean, look, we saw everybody making How does the, the waiver claims just to screw with him, so there's no reason they wouldn't do this. Yeah. Yeah, Sully, that's... Well, like, how does the team feel about this, too? Because we've had quite a bit of turnover. If that's Anderson gone one year, and then Campbell gone the next year, they got to rely on someone else again and build that trust. It's... No, no, it's kind and of we let him ass. walk, and oh. by December or January, again, we're going to see the top five goalies in the league, and it's going to be Freddie Anderson, Jack Campbell, James Reimer, and like Jonathan Bernier or something. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Justin Pogge will make a comeback. Oh, uh, no, what's his name? Um, McElhaney will be up there. Yeah. Ooh. Um, the, there's so much up in the air, though, because like, you got the firing of Steve Breer, the goaltending coach. Yeah. yeah. Shout now, out to uh, Darty Broder, who's been asking for that since, I don't know, March? <laughs> yeah, he's been all over this. Now, now I don't know if, if that's a... a a help or a hindrance in trying to re-sign Campbell, right? Because Campbell kind of had a little bit of a turnaround when he got to Toronto. Was it because of Briere? Was it because of the team, the players? Who knows? And there's so many people out there like, oh, Gibson said he'll only wave his no-move clause if he can bring his coach with him. And it's like, people are grasping at straws big time here. The save percentage for the team yeah. has been horrible since Briere's been there. And I believe in that all-or-nothing series... Um, Keith <laughs> basically told Briere to go for himself. Yeah. So, hey, maybe yeah, part of Jack resigning was, look, I'll stick around, but this Briere guy's got to go. I, I don't like this. So maybe it was... Maybe. Like, this is the best he's ever been in his career is in Toronto, and they've obviously given him a lot of support and confidence. So I feel like it's kind of the place he wants to stay. So maybe it'll take a bit of a shave, but even $5 million doesn't seem too, too excessive to me. No. And uh, just to move on from this one, $5 million is also looking like the running rate for Ilya Mikheyev on the open market. Are you joking? Anywhere between about too 4 high. to 5 is what he's been rumored to be uh, asking for when he hits the market. So... <sighs> I talked about wanting to keep him. If Like, look, if Jack walks... They move Muzzin, they get rid of the Morazic contract, like maybe, but only if he's going to be playing a major role and you probably have to move on from Kerfoot. See, that's a lot of dominoes. And this is kind of where Dubas succeeds, right? Like he excels at finding two people who replace one person for the exact same price. And I feel like he can find two bodies that will cover what McCabe does if that's in fact what he's asking for there's a lot of a lot of rumblings out there that Dubis is going to try to go after I believe it was Miles Wood out of New Jersey okay okay he's uh an RFA he's had a lot of injury problems probably not even going to get qualified so potential to sign him for a low contract not have to give up any compensation yeah approve yourself contract yep uh, so have you guys heard the new details on what the value uh, will be and when the salary cap is going up? The last I heard, I think it was only going up a million. So I was listening into Agent Provocateur with Alan Walsh, who had a bit of a tidbit of info that uh, this year and next year, it'll be going up a million. And then for 2425... It's going to go up by reportedly $10 million. It has to. Every other league, like every year incrementally, their cap gets higher and higher. And the NHL has been, what, stagnant for the last three years? Yeah, but I think doing 10 at once is a little dangerous. Because you're going to have some ridiculous contracts signed, and then you're going to have GMs a year or two later going... Uh, I can't afford this anymore. It happened in the NBA when they signed their new TV deal. Like people were just getting outrageous contracts in two, three years down the line. They were definitely regretting it. 
But yeah, you're right. If you can spread it out over a couple of years, that's definitely beneficial. So for the Leafs specifically, what they definitely did not plan on. Austin Matthews and William Nylander's contracts run out that season. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to lose one of those two guys, that's what's going to happen there. It's going to be because one team all of a sudden has an extra $10 million to spend. And they're going to say, hey, Austin, what? what's the m- most they can spend? 16 or $17 million? Let's go. Or Willie, hey, want, yeah, want it, 12 Yeah. You've heard Shanahan say like he wants to make Matthews a leaf for life. You know they're going to roll up the red carpet. They will pay whatever it is to keep him. Willie, not so much. But Matthews, I think they will do everything possible. So then I think yep. it's worth the conversation. I hate to bring it up again, but at you know if somebody's going to throw a huge money bag at Nylander in a year, uh, two years from now, yep. clock's ticking to make a decision there. It's either you re-sign him as soon as, you know, in 23-24 before that kicks in, which his agent is obviously going to say, ha nice try. Um, or you move mm-hmm. him before that. Like, this is going to be so crazy for the Leafs. Just unfortunate yeah, timing. Like, they signed all these contracts expecting them to be easy on the cap because of it going up normally, but it didn't. So here we are. And you're going to have well, Austin's even... contract run out at the worst time possible. Even more than normally, like since since the caps come in, it's gone up at a relatively steady rate, you know, a couple million a year. And then there was all the talk that once the new TV contract was going to be signed, it was going to skyrocket and then COVID hit. So this 10 million increase that they're projecting was probably going to be about five or six when the contract yeah. was signed, but now since it's being pushed off and pushed off and pushed off, like I get it. It's not going up because they quote unquote have to cover all the escrow and pay everyone back. And you can't tell me the owners haven't made their money back yet. Of course they have. But no. the yeah. is the point of the salary cap not to protect these GMs from their, or these owners from their dumbass GMs spending all of their money. Like, I don't think the owners would be fans of this huge increase and people throwing out contracts for, you know, eight years after that, that are going to be awful for four or five of them. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just don't think it's a great idea. I get that it has to happen. I think that they should just spread it out over a couple, you know, do 4 million or something like, I don't know. I don't know. Is this based on a new TV deal? Like why is it happening? So I think it's a combination of the TV deal and it being frozen for a couple of years because of the pandemic. Right. So it, it was supposed to go up by more than a million. Um, I don't think it, there was the one year it didn't even go up at all. Didn't it? The first shutdown. Two years, I think. Yeah. 19, I think it stayed flat last year. I think it went up a mill. Yeah. So Or, or 20, it stayed flat last year. It went up a mill. And then this year it's going up a mil, I think. I believe. Yeah. And then the next two, it'll be an, another million. And then it'll be, I think it jumps from like 86 to 96 or 87 to 97. So that's going to be an absolutely insane off season. Yeah. Uh, to go back to your other point, it's it's always funny that Neil Leonard is in these conversations because he's always the, one of the best playoff yeah. performers in the regular season. He, like, he always has roller coasters, but he just had a career year. I think he's only getting better and better. 
So if he's a player we do trade, and obviously he might be our best chip due to his contract coming up and everything and his return that he could fetch, he is a player like we're really going to miss him. No kidding. We talk about trading him and all this stuff, but when he's gone, I think we'll appreciate what he gave to us. So maybe it's not moving him. Maybe it's you're at a point where in the last year of his contract um, or last two years of it, it'll be at that point. Um, JT's no longer a viable part of this team and that huge chunk is gone and it you know there's so many different possibilities but like as much as we don't like having these conversations like we're getting to that point like the end of the line for this core just being able to keep running it back and you know everyone's still here don't worry like that's that's running out like the ufa bar is getting one year max i think (laughs) so you can run it back this year, but after that, you really have to start making some hard decisions. Yeah, because that's when you're looking at Austin and, and Willie's contracts running out the next season. So Yeah. do you Like you said, do you trade JT because his contract was one or two years past Willie's and Matthew's? But... Yeah, him and Mitch are one year past yeah. um, Austin and Willie. But yeah, everybody else is up next year. So it's like, <laughs> this this is tough. If they're not in a great position by trade deadline day, I mean, look, Kerfoot, Kampf, Bunting, Simmons, like all these guys, this is the last year of their contracts coming up. So it's it's going to be a really, really tough season as far as decisions go. And, you know, making some Band-Aid uh, rip-off moves when in the past it would have been like, now we got to protect, we can run, we can try a couple things out. No, now it's... Crunch time. No, it's almost under talked about like um, the job that Dubas has in front of him for the next two years. Like it's really, really going to be yeah. tough for him. It's it's basically been that way since he inherited the team, though. Like if you <laughs> look at the contracts, he had to move out, right? Oh no, kidding. Zaitsev, Martin, Komarov, uh, Marlowe, like you name it. He's had to move out bad contracts and entice teams to take it whether it be picks or whether it be dealing Connor brown or mm-hmm. right like and realistically as much as everybody wants to rip on him he's done a masterful job at it he has he's got to be one of the busiest gms in the league like year for year yeah and it's never moves that you're well not never because i mean he's signed some names where i've been like holy shit the leafs just got like joe thornton what <laughs> like what just happened yeah. but um and jason spezza but uh, there, there are a lot of moves where you're like, I've never heard of this person. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you have Michael yeah, Bunting on the sure. first line. It's like, wh- wh- how did you pull the... Okay, Ilya Labushkin, never heard of him. Kampf and Kasha, hadn't heard of them either. <laughs> like, wild. Or like, just in passing type of thing, but you don't really know anything about these guys, and he brings them in, and you know, all these guys mm-hmm. have performed. Okay, so moving on. Um, at the end of the season, all these teams get together with uh, the general manager, and you know they have their little exit meetings, and everybody gets to know how they did, and uh, you know what the the moves for the off season are. You know, everyone gets to know if their jobs are safe or not. And uh, Bruce Cassidy was told that uh, his job was safe, only to days later have a house call from his uh, GM to be fired on his front doorstep. Um, This is one of the weirdest things I've, I mean, if this was the Vegas golden Knights, I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. But 
Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> this is brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, like, the, there's got to be something going on in, in, in behind the scenes, right? Like, unless you had Marchand or Bergeron or someone go up to Sweeney and say, hey, you got to deal with this then this does not make any sense at all. Which we know is not the yeah, case. Yeah, because Bergeron yeah. has come out and said that he doesn't like how this went down, and this is, in fact, affecting whether he's returning to the team or not. So, Yep. Like, it's a very interesting decision because not only does it affect Cassidy, but like the ripple effects really go through your star players in the lineup. If they see this stuff happening in the front office and to a coach that they respect and trust, it really does hurt how they feel about going forward with that franchise. Like, and I talked about it before the season started, like, is this the end of an era for the Boston Bruins? And I think now that the season's over, this is the end of the era. Like they, they have not prepared themselves for anyone to take over for these guys. And I, uh, I don't know what they do next. It's really starting to feel like it. Like really, because they don't have high draft picks. Their prospect, is pretty shallow yeah i i mean and yeah their stars are aging they've got to be one of the oldest teams in the league right now but these guys were still producing so yeah. it's like how do you move on and how do you let other people in but look that's it it's two two been like a slow decline 245 108 and 45 behind the bench of the bruins wow wow really yeah damn really like there's there's no Yet again, unless there was something behind the scenes, which a lot of players have come out and said there wasn't, there's no justification for this whatsoever. I mean, I've heard the owner's a dickhead, so that could be. So that must be like it. Like Jacobs is coming in and being said, I don't want this guy anymore. He's gone. Doesn't matter what everyone else thinks. Oh, here he is. (laughs) Hello, Darty. A humble entrance. I was going to say, that's like the. That's the. what do you call it? Like the pump up, like, uh, like I got some like hot take or something entrance. I don't really have anything to add to this besides WWE entrance here. Only thing I have to add is, man, I definitely wouldn't want to get fired in my own living room. That's for sure. Right. That's the part of this that sucks the most is like, why would you not call him into the office? Like, I don't get this. Who gets fired at home and who thinks that this is like the respectable, they said out of respect, we went to his house. Like, no, it's yeah, not. It's like that's like like mafia respect. Like they might have like put him out of his misery if they're gonna do that, you know, like <laughs> send him a fish <laughs> in the newspaper. Like so weird. So now we've got uh coach vacancies in was this? Um oh my god, I'm gonna have to do these off the top of my head. I didn't write this down. Boston, Philly, uh Philly, Detroit, Detroit, Vegas? Islanders? Vegas, Dallas. Dallas. No, Islanders named... Um, uh, oh, shit. Yeah, they did. Oh, I can't remember his name. He was an assistant with Barry Trotz. But... Yeah, can I? So a lot of teams need a coach, and a lot of coaches need a team. So musical chairs, what's uh best guess? <laughs> where do we think Where do we think Cassidy's going to end up? Dallas. I was just going to say Dallas. Yeah, of all the teams, I see Dallas as a fit for him. Yeah, switching Trots. switching conferences and going to a team that's defensive, young, up and coming. I think I think it'd be good exactly. there. Trots in Winnipeg. Well, yeah, I think that is one's that not a lock already? 
Not technically. That has to be right. Tortorella in Philly. Yeah. I just don't agree with that one. Like, I know it's a perfect fit, like Philly and Torts, they match. Philly needs to find their identity again. I think Torts is washed. as like, they dye his hair red. Yeah. So. He's, he's going to be gone in like two or three years. The players are going to give up on him eventually. It's not a long-term plan for success. What if it's like the team needs a common enemy, and sometimes that can be the coach, and sometimes <laughs> that coach can be John Tortorella. Like, if these guys aren't playing well together, Maybe. and, you know, they just, they're giving up on the whole team as a whole uh why not rally them by saying hey you guys don't like playing here how about you play for tortorella and they all go no 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 no, no. (laughs) fine then start winning and we'll get rid of them you'll have it for two years johnny johnny but if that's what they need sorry i was was gonna sorry you finish your point i don't want to interrupt Okay, that was my point. It, like he's not going to be there for more than two no. years. So if that's what they need, like a kick in the ass and to get in the right direction, then he's your man for the job. But he's not going to be a long term option for them. I was going to say, like you could just you could just tell the guys in the locker room, look, you guys want to leave? How about you go win a cup of Florida? All right? Yeah, that's what I fucking thought. <laughs> Swept. <laughs> um, and uh, he just wants one. in Detroit. He just wants. Oh yeah. Out. That commercial burnt. I feel like like it burnt him so hard. They they did him so dirty with that. Yeah, that was brutal. True. <laughs> Just one. But uh, no, Beaner, I I have heard that as well. Now that you uh, brought it up a couple of days ago, I've since heard it. Fedorov uh, could very well be the next coach of the Detroit Red Wings, which is awesome. Yeah, he just led. Uh, has, has he done any coaching? Or like he just led CSKA Moscow to the Gagarin Cup in the KHL. Yeah, I was gonna say he's in the KHL. Oh, okay. Uh, Fucking things up over there. Having him and Marty St. Louis coaching at the same time just makes my childhood happy. Well, I mean, bringing Fedorov back to Detroit would be pretty sweet, too. Yeah, Stevie Wise already brought Lidstrom back in a, what, what was he, a vice president yeah. or something like that? Yeah, it'll be, a, I think that would be a fun, fun little uh, reunion party there. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, these guys know how to win, and that trickles down, so it's, I can see it happening. What what player is gonna say no to their coach when it's Sergey Fedorov and anything he's asking you to do? He probably still could do. Yeah, better than half the players on the. Do this. Yeah. What do you mean? Here, give me your stick. I'll show you. <laughs> like this. Let me by, slap on my Nike skates and by, watch this. By the way, that's as much as I dislike the Habs. How smart was it hiring the greatest Canadian hockey player on the face of the earth? To go into player development. Oh, amazing! That's a that's a oh, perfect yeah. move. like Mar- Mar- Marie Philippe Poulin. I probably butchered that. She is still at a point, and she's still going to play. That when she's working with these prospects, she can do exactly what you just said, Johnny. Like she can show them, like no, you got to do it this way. Yeah. Like it's it's actually. Genius. I feel like that's kind of important that like she commands that type of respect from players. Like everyone men and women know how good this girl is like that's an incredibly good hire for them i think and it like progresses the women movement in hockey which we desperately need speaking 100%. of did you see gatorade uh pulled their deal with nhl to focus more on women's sports i didn't yeah, no, I so uh, big big w there for gatorade because honestly the thing we've talked the most about that's missing from women's sports to get it out there is that like the sponsorship money isn't there so the fact that a huge name like gatorade is saying look 
the NHL doesn't need us. Like you guys are fine. We're going to go put our money into something that's up and coming and we can be at the forefront of. So, I mean, there's yeah. always an angle of PR and like one, like I said, like wanting to be ahead on those things, but Hey, if it brings money over to the sport, I'm down for it. I mean, it's a pretty cool move by Gatorade because I'm sure out of the big four sports, NHL generates the least revenue for them. So if they can take that money and put it to somewhere good use, like women's sports, then I'm all for that. Yeah. Agreed. Cause I mean, look, Gatorade is massive in the NFL. They don't really need the NHL sponsorship. How often do you Same see with the NBA? Yeah. How often do you see the Gatorade on the bench? Like it's not as big a part of it as it is in other sports. So basically no. you just see that green Gatorade bottle that we all know, right? Like, Talk about it being yeah. bigger in NFL. There's a bet line every year at the Super Bowl is what color Gatorade it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. I was literally just about to say this. One of the biggest prop bets of the year is what color Gatorade is getting poured on the coach. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's not happening in the NHL. No. Okay. So just to move on, something that we have not had a chance to talk about because we've been off and uh, didn't have time to unpack this whole thing. Uh, let's go start to finish here, starting with the beginning, uh, Kadri and Bennington incident, and we're going to go all the way to Evander Kane and talk about him, okay? It's going to be a big one. When do we not talk about Evander Kane? I feel like there's like at oh, least God, one I third know. of our episodes that included me, <laughs> had me bring it up, Evander Kane, what a guy. For good or bad, is worth talking about yep. right now. Okay, so it starts off, Kadri How- gets pushed into Bennington. Sorry, Beaner, go ahead. You can start before we get into this. No, I, I was just going to say, how ridiculous is it that there's a potential that his contract with San Jose could be reinstated? Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like, he might not even be able to be a free agent because he contractually might have to go back to San Jose at the end of this year. Right. How messed up would that be? Okay, I, you know what? We're going to buy you out. Go play somewhere else for a couple months and then come back in the summer. It was Southey. Southey made a good point about he was, he was talking about... I missed this. Oh, sorry, Southey. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point. but No, no, no. I, I'm just saying, like, I missed this point. I have no idea what the hell is happening here. So, so yeah, when, when the Sharks, quote-unquote, terminated his contract, bought him out, however you want to word it, um, Kane and the NHLPA are protesting it, saying that there wasn't just... Uh, just cause right and they had what was the reasoning they'd used for it that he was traveling when he was supposed to be at home isolating because of covid or something like that it did oh it yeah was a big he sketchy broke, scenario he COVID broke COVID. like bubble protocol or something but he was it was some, yeah yeah but they they tried to void the contract because he was taking out like loans against his nhl contract for gambling wasn't it and so they tried to oh avoid no no that was that was long. Was that long before, before this one? Or, okay. Yeah, that was way long ago. Um, anyways, it went through and it got voided. So the NHLPA are going in on Kane's behalf and they're fighting it. But in the meantime, since it kept getting pushed back and pushed back, he was allowed to sign. So the contract was voided, so he became a free agent. So he signed, but it's still in court. So if that gets ruled that he is still legally under contract to them, then technically San Jose would either have to trade him or actually buy him out or he's still a shark. But then there's like some stuff with his contract too, because there's a lot of conspiracy theories and like, you know, actual theories about like, like 
wage garnishment because like when he was under that contract with San Jose that he had creditors after him. Right. So I think that might have been a part of what made it so difficult to play around with that contract. Right. Cause that was a bit of a fiasco itself. Cause I I'm, I'm pretty sure there was like, there was an attempt at garnishing his wages because he owed money to creditors through either the yeah. fucking, um, you know, money lenders or the casinos. Like, like I'm pretty sure that that was, that was something that was actually happening. That was part 100%. of that whole hubbub. Yeah, that's like what I was talking about. They they tried to void his contract so he couldn't use it to take loans against. So, yeah, there could have been people coming for him and they were just like, all right, let's just protect you by burying this. But then the point I was trying to steal from Sully that he did like he did make a good um, point, but he didn't know he made it was that he was talking about it's worth talking about Evander Kane, but worth this guy is now probably worth at least seven, eight million. Like there's yeah. a chance that this guy, like if regardless what this contract thing goes on, like if he didn't have a contract, like there's teams that would be willing to, there's definitely teams that'd be willing to pick him up for like, he, he, I don't think he's going for less than six. If that was a, you know, the, I think like the, there's an actual fight to like this guy, like, can we not admit that this guy would have been MVP if they, if they went to, you know, if they, if they moved on to the next round, like I'm pretty sure he still holds the most goals right now. Does he not? Yeah, he does. And like, honestly, Honest question here. Is Evander Kane the best redemption story of this season? Not yet. (laughs) (sighs) Like for where he was when he signed with the Oilers and how muddy his off ice life was and how silent that has been since he joined the Oilers and how much he's just been playing hockey and playing well. Like, I mean. Depends on how low you want to set the bar, right? (laughs) Yeah. I still don't. Tony like... D'Angelo is still playing. That's where the bar is. <laughs> True. Like honestly, I mean, like we've kind yeah. of set the bar by allowing certain people to still be in the NHL despite certain off ice antics. So, like, and on ice. They throw out sports. If you're effective and you haven't murdered somebody or done anything particularly violent, it's looking like as long as there's. A little bit of mush, <laughs> as yeah, uh, good at you could you could probably push your way back into the league, right? Like I said, if unless you're actually behind bars with uh, you know handcuffs on you and back of a squad car or something, like you, it's crazy. It's really sad to say. Like, I don't. There's there's a bigger, deeper points we could bring onto this that are definitely you know scary and probably not. We're probably not as qualified to talk about, but. Uh, you know what you you know and I know if there's a chance to keep playing they'll they'll let you keep playing and look the guy said the guys the guys killing it like that's if you're right about that Roscoe that like how can we say he hasn't been a redemption story considering you know where he ended up that's <laughs> but I'm sure Beaner has a good uh, follow up there. You're allowed to keep playing unless you're into drugs. Like look, they Batman wouldn't let Theo Fleury come back right I, even after he had rehabilitated himself. Um. Uh, it it's it's really still a black eye on the league that he can do yes a lot of it is still alleged but that this stuff can go on and it just kind of gets pushed under the rug same as the the kid the habs drafted right mayu like and the one that there's n- arizona drafted yeah like there's no reason these kids should even be eligible with some of the shit that goes on and yeah. it, it's the same thing. Like 
oh, they're really good at hockey, so we're just going to kind of ignore it and look the other way, which isn't right. But look, we're talking about torts going to Philly. I mean, every unless you, like you said, unless you're convicted of drug possession, apparently anything can, else can get you back in the league. Like, this league is... Torts didn't break the law, though. No, but my point is, unless <laughs> you're... There's no... There's so much repetition of people, no matter how much we as a hockey community tend to dislike them. Um, it's always like, well, they're kind of good at this, though, so we'll keep them around. There's no, well, maybe we should try somebody else because this person is kind of a dick, like whether it's legally it's, or just they're a dick. It, realistically, like even in my everyday job, if one of my coworkers is an asshole, you know what? I can put up with it. As long as they're doing their job, it's fine. But that's one thing. Being an asshole is one thing. Potentially abusing your significant other or pulling a gun on them or sexually abusing someone, right? Like that that kind of stuff is, is a no-go, absolute no-go. I don't care how good you are. If it came out tomorrow that Austin Matthews had, I don't know, beat his girlfriend, get him off the team. Get him out of there. Because that kind of shit you do not need, especially maybe maybe I'm a little more extreme on this because I'm a dad. Like I don't want my son watching something and being like, oh, you know, he's a great player. I want to be like him. And then it comes out in the news that he did this, 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 this and this. And then my son thinks, oh, hey, someone I look up to does that. So it's okay. Right. No, fair. Darty. I think that's like it's we have to be cognizant to use a large word, we have to another large word coming after this, but we have to be cognizant of recidivism, right? Like the thing is, Ooh. is that we and we're enabling again another big, I guess, big word. We we are kind of enabling athletes to pursue these, you know, sinful traits that they can constantly put themselves in, and it's not just in the NHL, right? You look at like Antonio Brown, or we're looking at Deshaun Watson. Or there's there's tons of other players who you know Ben Roethlisberger yeah. I think that those are all NFLers but that, there's other players I'm sure we could if, you know if we had to pull up the Google and find somebody like it's the fact that I was able to just like you know I'm not the best with memory but I pulled out three names on the top of my hat like that, <laughs> telling you there is a problem with I said with um, enabling these athletes to do wrong and again we don't you want to avoid what you want to avoid is that recidivism going back into committing further worse or similar acts right like you actually brought up a good point being when you talk about austin matthews and fun fact we all forget that austin matthews pulled out his yoohoo in front of a guard i was gonna say <laughs> in front of a guard right and he hasn't done it his since but at least you know and we all love poppy but you know he was also a, a young dumb kid so everybody's got their excuses right like evander's probably got tons of excuses too but the thing is, we don't want to keep seeing it, right? And the, that was the one thing I think it was like just spiraling with Evander Kane no. was that, yeah, Austin Matthews, yeah, he pulled out whatever, did some stunt with a with a with a guard, and that that was left where it was. But a couple of years later, we're not hearing Austin Matthews doing that anywhere else, right? Or he's not, he's pretty tame. He's kept his, you know, kept his nose clean, and that's how it should be, right? These guys are making millions of dollars. A couple episodes thousands of episodes ago it feels like i was saying man some of these people need like a big russian guy named ivan to you know threaten them to not do stupid crap and you know where's that for evander kane right because i said he seemed like he was spiraling and spiraling and of course like you you have you brought brought up like how can we sit how could like we're setting the bar really low with evander kane because 
you know, oh yeah, he was a great athlete, but he's still a dirt bag. And it's likely as we've seen, he's probably going to continue to be a dirt bag. So like, I hope he, he's not, but. <laughs> uh. So really what we're saying on the whole is the bar needs to be raised for what we accept of athletes and role models just across the board. Um, but to move on, what do we think of the hit on Nazem Kadri? Because this one at full speed, I was like, yeah, he kind of fell. And then you slow it down and you're like, oh, that's dangerous. At least that's my opinion. What did you guys think? I thought it was pretty dangerous, but he got a game for it, which is equivalent to about three games in the regular season. I think that was an apropos. Yeah, poor Kadri just him. can't finish a playoff run, eh? Yeah, like it's. I hope so. He might it's, come back in the finals, apparently. It's not necessarily fair. But like Sully said, like that's pretty much the going rate for something like that, right? Like it's yeah. it's always always leaves you with a bitter taste in your mouth when, you know, if the Oilers would have won that game, they could have played the next game and Kane would have been in and Kadri still wouldn't be back. But it you know, sometimes the punishment doesn't always match the crime. But yeah, the the, the, the games are weighted a lot more, so technically with how things are normally called of this nature. And I do agree. It, it did look dirty. Um, and it wasn't like it. It's not the worst thing that could happen. Like it's, there's, no, there's no, plenty no. of dirtier players. Like that was like, I think what is going on is there is a lot bigger story to Nazem Kadri and Kane doing that did not help because a lot of people were feeling a lot of things. And of course for our, you know, Nazem Kadri finally being the golden boy um, in the, you know, in a series and not just being shit on, it just felt like a really unsatisfying conclusion. And of course you want to burn the guy who did something dirty. And like they said, there's no doubt that Evander Kane, you know, it was, it was a shit move, but we've seen it time and time again. Like it, should it be, should it be a move that's taken out of hockey? sometimes it sometimes you can't you know you can't help yourself but you can and you can't like there's definitely ways that it could have been dirtier right i would not yeah. like to see it i would not like someone to get hurt someone who you know as i said there's a bigger storyline at play like it's almost like wwf except this is real life like <laughs> like we, we want to pull the rug over but like there was a real racism storyline that actually happened. There was a real Nazem Kadri redemption story that was also yeah. happening. And there's also the Evander Kane redemption versus piece of shit story. So, you know, we, we wonder why it turned into this melting pot of, you know, fury and vitriol and people just flinging shit everywhere. Because if you went on Twitter, you know, I, I hate you guys for bringing me on Twitter. Like, I can't, I'd want to throw that app <laughs> into the fire. But if you go on Twitter, it was like the end of the world had just happened. And it was so cataclysmic. But it's no different. Like it, it's something that happens all the time and it's not necessarily bad. It's just shit, you know, like, ugh, I don't know. Like I know what you mean. Crazy. It was, it's no, I know exactly what you mean. Like if this was, you know, the uh, Travis Dermott got hit into the wall by like Charlie Coyle, you know, nobody would be talking about this, but it's the fact that there were hu yeah. huge storylines behind both of these players coming into this. That it's just, you know, obviously everybody has an opinion about it. Um, they both bought their baggage into this hit and it kind of exactly. created this. So you touched thing. on, um, I mean, we, we kind of did this whole thing backwards from where I started, but that's okay. Well, it is the powder keg, right? The powder also, keg that I'm was, that I kind was of full of all this. 
you know, corrosive and explosive things that, you know, all of it came together to create what was absolute shit show of a story. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. So working backwards yeah. through that, like the, what? we had Nas pushed into Jordan Bennington in the series against St. Louis and, uh, St. Louis did not like it, even though anybody who is, um, I don't know, not an idiot watching that play would realize that this was in no way Nas's fault. So Binner decides yeah. to uh, take it upon himself to walk. Uh, this was his excuse, was he couldn't find a recycling bin, so he had the water bottle in his hand. He saw Nas and he thought, what a great opportunity. I ha- I would be stupid not to take this this god-given opportunity as he put it um and he said he wanted to take the the chance to stand up to somebody for doing something like for people that can't stand up like get the fuck (laughs) out of here jordan get the fuck out of here let's be clear like jordan's not the calmest goaltender in the league either he's been known to go off and do stupid there was a game earlier i think it was this season where Bennington was getting pulled, I believe it was, because he was just shit in the bed, and he swung his stick and almost took Kadri's head off. Yeah, two-handed, just full-on. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, trying to the say. The history like... with those two is not great. And, I mean, people have pulled up Benner's old tweets that are not favorable on the racism end of things. They're so very, like, just... dirty high school tweets, right? Like, like I feel like a lot of people were like, oh, I can't believe he's deleting this. I'm like, I can. Like, you know, like, I, I, I'm sure he doesn't agree <laughs> with it. I'm, I Like, okay, if, if he does he agree with that it, out then, like, he obviously would have kept it up. But at the same I you know, it's, it's like one of those things. Like, I don't, you know, you either have Jesus in your heart or you don't, right? Like, just a saying. I'm, I'm actually not Christian. But it's just a saying, right? You either, you either have him in your heart or you don't, right? I don't know what goes on in fucking Jordan, uh, Jordan Bington's heart. Maybe he is, you know, super racist. But again, I don't know that. That's just something I can infer. And from everything that he's putting out there, the fact that he's deleting all this stuff from like 2013, like I probably, you know, I've seen, I went to high school with people, you know, I'm, I'm an Arab. A lot of people don't know that, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Lebanese and I went to high school with other Lebanese folks, you know, just like Nazim Kadri and other, you know, folks of different, um, races and backgrounds and we've all of all races and backgrounds probably put stupid stuff out there and said stupid things it was very a lot of those posts were very high schooler you know not just like uh here i'm some grand dragon racist right but you know (laughs) you could as i said twitter likes to infer whatever they want they'll they'll run with it what have you and again this again this is the powder keg of what was going on because you got like Tony D'Angelo, who we know is a piece of shit. Jordan Bennington, who is a piece of shit. And now we got Nazem Kadri, who was a former piece of shit, but apparently he's not anymore. So Taking on all the other pieces of shit. Taking on all the other pieces of shit. But that whole bottle situation, like that was very George Bush-esque. Like it reminded me of right, like, the shoe. With the shoe, exactly. Like I said, what what we listen, what we want to know about Jordan Bennington is heart, and I don't know. But what I do know is he threw a bottle and it was kind of hilarious. Like it's not like a glass bottle. It was a pla- it was a plastic bottle, right? Well, it wasn't even it was full. It was empty. Empty plastic bottle. <laughs> That's so what's all the so aggression stupid about it. Like of all the stupid things that could have happened, honestly, like I'm sure Nas was like, like that was the least of his concerns. I'm sure he probably had a good laugh at that. So I hope he did. I hope he did. Like no one wants anybody, anything thrown at them, but like it's just it's kind of it's like who throws a shoe, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> who throws a cupcake? 
Um, so unfortunately, that was uh, probably the lightest of things that happened because I mean, if if the worst thing that happened to to Nas was a water bottle got thrown at him, this wouldn't be a story. But oh my God, St. Louis showed their colors, no. and uh, I guess don't like their colors. That's Mm-mm. a good way to put it. No, I think a mention goes out to the St. Louis organization because they were totally against this and they were very proactive about saying how against this they are. So I everyone except them for the that, coach. The crowd yeah, the coach just completely. Better, oh, man. we're just going to talk about. Oh hockey. yeah, well, like, it's like that's true. Uh, at a certain point, you kind of have to talk about this because when a player has police detail to protect them from death yeah. threats from your fan base, you have to say something about it. The easiest thing is, hey. Maybe give don't one do that. fucking sentence. Guys, we like... don't support this. Done. The the only thing that I would give to the coach is that like I think a lot of yep. people didn't realize that I'm pretty sure the coach is like, you know, Native American, if I'm not mistaken. He is. And as someone who is, you know, I'm not clearly, you know, people don't look at me and say, oh, you know, Darty's a person of color. I am. You know, my real name, which I will not dox myself with, is very similar to Kareem Abdul Jabbar. So I do get <laughs> I do get treated sometimes just based off my name right but you know i it's sometimes when racial issues happen i'd like to pull myself away from them because like i don't consider myself a particular race because i'm not very sometimes i'm white sometimes i'm not but i i like to i want to put myself in that coach's shoes and because i'm sure he doesn't necessarily consider himself all white that when racial issues happen it's kind of like we want to bite our tongues a little bit because we don't want to jump on it, right? Because it's sometimes if, if you're not that race or you're not this whatever, it's like it's not something you want to – maybe you don't feel it's like your place to talk about. It's all – like for me, it's uncomfortable talking about race because like sometimes I'm white, sometimes I'm not. It depends on who I'm in a room with, right? I don't feel like it's like my place to talk about racism towards or against any particular race because unless it's like someone's like, yeah, I fucking hate Arabs. Part, part, I don't <laughs> – you know, but people have said that or, you know, like I've – you know, I, I grew up in the 2001 – terrorist attack age where all of a sudden people would make, start making fun of me because you know, because of my background like it's just sometimes when you when you are not necessarily white but a little bit of white it's just like you don't know when it's your place to talk about race and i just feel like the you know knowing what i found out about the coach afterwards it's like okay i can maybe infer that it was he wasn't really comfortable talking about it because afterwards it seemed like as soon as he kind of realized like oh this is actually a big issue he's like no no don't you know don't get it don't get it twisted i, I like this is you know, this is unacceptable because he did say that afterward. He did say, you know, once he was given the outlet to speak, he he did say that, like, you know. He 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 didn't seem to have an issue when he was playing, and he called uh, uh, Florida's Peter Worrell, who was black, a monkey on the ice. Okay, um, before I unpack that, Darty, I just want to say thank you for that because that is a perspective that yes. I don't think a lot of us ever have or yeah. think about. So I just, yeah, thanks for sharing that because i definitely didn't even and yeah see like we can't um, come from that that's just like, again that's just something that i inferred because like as i said uh, from my background like, you look i'm sure i'm not sure the video is showing but i'm not all you know i'm not dark like you know people say pe- person of color like what color am i right like sometimes i'm olive sometimes but i know my history i know my background right so it's like i can't just be like hi my name is john smith i'm you know no i'm like hi my, as i said i'm not doxing myself but my name is very similar sounding to kareem abdul jabbar so when i say <laughs> as much as i look a certain way like maybe I, I think some some people i look white some people i don't so when it comes to those racial issues and being someone who's kind of on the periphery of white it's like i don't know if i'm like comfortable talking about it because i'm not sure if it's my place like i don't no, hundred um, percent. But being, I did not 
know that side of the story. Um, that's uh, lovely. Lovely. Yeah, he Barube was suspended um, just for a game, but was suspended in 97 for an altercation on the ice when he was a member of the Washington Capitals. Hmm. Well, to end on something light, want to hear a fun conspiracy theory I thought of last hmm. night involving Justin Bieber, Gary <laughs> Bettman, and the Leafs? Um, speak, <laughs> sorry. Um, Please? Did you hear what happened to Bieber and why he canceled his shows in Toronto? Yeah, like half his face is paralyzed. Yes. Yeah. Just read I, that I know today. completely random and probably not where you were going with that, but well, I kind read of. an article about that somewhere and it's ridiculous. Yeah. Apparently he's going to come out of it eventually, but for the time Stay being... Stay away from the cold Beebs brew. You know, quite serious. <laughs> I tried Tim Beebs. Sorry, guys. No, no, no. Um, had them at work. They were under... Okay. Because uh, <laughs> they're from Tim Hortons. Yeah. And everything from Tim Hortons is just okay at best. So my conspiracy theory is that um, Gary Bettman never wanted Austin Matthews to go to Toronto. That was never in his his playbook. But now that he's there, he's like, okay, well, he only signed five years. I can get him out of there. But Bieber has befriended Austin Matthews. And uh, he don't like that because that's going to keep him in Toronto. So Batman came up with this plan to try to turn NHL fans against Justin Bieber. So he's like, yeah, you guys can do You guys can team up for a jersey. That's totally fine. <laughs> Hockey fans are going to hate this. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, you want to um, you want to do Madison Square Garden? Yeah. So Rangers game is then you guys have a Bieber concert. Let's put game seven there so that hockey fans have another reason to hate Justin Bieber so we can pull Bieber and Matthews apart and I can get him out of Toronto. This is my theory I came up with last night as I was going to bed. I mean, your tinfoil hat. Johnny, when was the last time you touched grass? Because I think was the last time you smoked grass. People like the Bieber jersey. Clearly last night. But like, I don't know. It's fun to think about. Obviously, I'm not serious, but like, it's fun. The whole idea that like, <laughs> it, I mean, it's not a, it's not far fetched to say that Batman obviously didn't want Matthews to go to Toronto. The fact that you're bringing this up kind of speaks volumes to Batman and how <laughs> shitty he is as a commissioner, right? Like, nothing is impossible at this point with this fucking guy, right? He has to be hands down the worst commissioner in the world, maybe. And the fact that we're talking about this right now as a plausible thing that's happening. Not even plausible, just the fact that, like, it's... You can even just come up with this based on the bullshit that he's pulled over the last, like, 15, 20 years. Like, uh, it's he he's just the puppet master. And, oh, God. Anyway. Well, no, because he thinks if he gets Matthews out there, there'll be, you know... 25,000 people out there. Honestly, we've, we've been talking all season about like conspiracy theories and Batman wants this, Batman wants that. Probably the biggest conspiracy theory is like he's not gaming his own system. You know what I mean? Because like who the <laughs> hell wants to watch Colorado versus Tampa Bay? Like we're talking about actual numbers. Hockey fans will watch anything. All right. But if we're talking about like people, I didn't think that this Golden State versus Celtics um, game would be more interesting than what hockey could throw as a hockey fan. But now I'm I'm actually leaning towards watching Golden State versus the Celtics because of how stupid this matchup is. Like, I'm not saying that they're not powerful, they're not great teams, but 
there's just better storylines. There was way better storylines that could have come from this. Like who want who really wants to see Tampa Bay go three in a row? Like I would like to see Tampa Tom go three in a row. I don't want to see you know Stamkos go three in a row. <laughs> like I don't know. Like just call me crazy, but it's just like it's just not the best. Like there there was better storylines to build from this. So I said the greatest conspiracy is there is no conspiracy, and we're just <laughs> we're not even you know it's just uh, it's just all it's all shit. You know like <laughs> it's all, it's a good it's all point bad because it's release fans. Exactly. But I think it's a combination of those two. Like what I was going to say is Darty's right in that. And okay, here. Southie's right that these are the best two teams, but Darty's right in that as hockey fans, we recognize that. But if you tell anyone that's not a hockey fan, it's Tampa versus Colorado in the finals. They'd be like, fucking why? Like they have a hockey team. I didn't know. Like there's Florida's playing Colorado. Great. Like, no, not Florida, Tampa. There's two teams in Florida. Oh, like there's better storylines you can build if you're trying to market this game than having these two teams play each other. Like they shouldn't be the best two teams in the league right now where they are because that's how Batman has just structured this bullshit. Anyway, it's late. I'm just ranting now. And if we're talking about betting, like here's here's my thing, too, is like, um, is this not like a is, like I'm sure a lot of people think like oh it's Nathan McKinnon oh he's gonna find a way to do no like this that none of those teams in the West have played with real goaltending like they've just been playing with sieves so how do we expect Tampa to lose like whoever won that those that series between Tampa and the Rangers still has infinitely better goaltending than oh, yeah. whoever's coming from the West so it doesn't matter how many goals you score because Chesty wasn't letting in that many and neither was Vasilevsky and it was like absolute civ dynamo fest in the west so like what do we expect what are we expecting from this uh from this uh stanley cup um i'm expecting everybody to be like oh it's gonna go seven not tampa's gonna win the cup in five games no not happening mccarr and mckinnon are gonna go off and they're gonna overcome the tampa bay officials and yeah, you think you're done? gonna beat Wes McCauley? You got Wes no. McCauley in the bag. You're not beating anybody, all right? <laughs> no, they're not gonna. They're not gonna score on Vasilevsky. He is on god tier mode now, and uh, I don't. Yeah, the shots McCart takes are not the ones that are not the ones that beat Vasilevsky, right? Like that's the that's the thing is everybody's talking about McCarr, and this is like the shots that Vasilevsky stops are those shots. Like he stops the ones that you don't think about. It's you have to re. You have to really be around him and get like you know loop to loop to get shots. That overtime winner that uh, was it, um, Arturi Lekkinen scored against the Oilers. Uh, yeah, Vasi doesn't let that one in. That that rebound doesn't happen. They haven't lost two playoff games in a row since before the pandemic. Listen, I've been picking every series, right? And they I'm did pick to the Rangers. Right too. Oh, they did in the Rangers one. You're right. Finally. Um, okay. Okay. So picks. I'm saying Tampa and five. Beaner. Colorado and six. Southie. 
Oh, I want to say Colorado in six, but I'm going to go seven. And Darty. I'm going with whatever Sunny says because that's where the money is. <laughs> I don't care what my heart says. I'm going with Sunny. It's fucking Colorado. If he says Colorado in seven, it's Colorado in seven. Oh, I've been breaking <laughs> in the bats this postseason, buds. Oh, I love it. Okay. that's. Uh, I think that's our time for tonight. Anything you guys want to close with? Nah, we good. I think nah, I'm good. we touched on it. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Ciao. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more.